This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Watch up. And welcome back to another episode of No Silly's Podcast with your host. Now, fuck that with your low glasses, Malone. Are we ready? I feel like it's like, okay. It's been so long since y'all did podcast. True. So I'm just trying to break y'all in because it's been so long. So long. Yes. So long. It's been a while. It's all right. It's just like riding a bike. You be right. It's like riding it. a bike. Yep. Jump right back on it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Mm. I don't even know. That just sounded crazy. <laughs> just sound like a pervert. You know what's funny? No matter what girls say, it's going to sound like a pervert. Why? Why? That's Why just because that? that's what men are thinking. Yeah, what? Wait, that's yeah. not because that's what men are thinking. Jump back on the bike because right. I I didn't oh, think I didn't think what she bad. said was I didn't even think I didn't think about, think it, about like it. Yeah, it was like jump back on it and ride it again. Yes, like you know. But I got y'all right because this what I was thinking about. What I want to talk to y'all about is um mm-hmm. today somebody was on Twitter and they were talking to me about Fat Joe. Okay. And there's some brothers from a movement. The movement is called the uh, FBA, Foundational Black America. Okay. Um, it's a movement that focuses on black people that are the descendants of, you know, slave, the slave trade to America, okay. to this part of the continent, not the southern part right here. Right. Um, and the movement targets the needs of those people. So it's a really dope movement created by Tariq Nasheed. Tariq is... Um, Really smart, did Hidden Colors, super, super dope dude, like really smart, really researched, really well. Um, 
It's also a branch of ADOS, right? Uh, American descendant of slaves. And the movement is pro-black, but it's not like black, all black. It's like this specific niche, which is fine, right? Um, But it was something that was bothering me. And a dude was asking me, he was like giving Fat Joe shit. And he was like, you know, you the type of person that let Fat Joe say nigga. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think I've ever been bothered with Fat Joe saying nigga. You know, he was like, yeah, see, that's the problem. You know, he's not one of us. And I'm like, what do you mean one of us? Like, you know, where are you from? He's like, oh, you're gangbanging on me. And I was like, no, where are you from? Like <laughs> in the country, not 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 right. like cripping where you from, like not glasses, low cripping where you from, but like, where are you from? But it hit me. And, and that's what I want to talk to you about. So. These ideas, right, come from the street. Like I was talking to my dad. My dad was born in 47. This year, he'll be 75 years old. And I was asking him, do he does he remember when the term nigga became like a term of endearment? He was like, your generation started that. Mm. Said before your generation, if somebody said nigga to you, if it was a white person, for sure, that was fucked up. If a black person called you a nigga, they was mad at you. I'm like, nigga, where my money? And it was it was meant to be, you know, fucked up. He was like, he remember Richard Pryor using it, you know, as a kind of a segue, right? right? But it wasn't a term of endearment until my generation, right? Which is 80s and up. And he was like, yeah, like regular black people don't talk like that. That shit is the streets. (laughs) And I'm like, I thought about it. I was like, you know what? He's right. Like the streets and that's where the cultural break happens, right? Because the same thought about hip hop, right? Hip hop isn't black. Well, it is black. It's but hip hop before anything else is street. Mm. It's the street urban perspective culturally. Like us looking out of a window. And I did a pod on this about hip hop before. But it was important because it's getting to a place to where how do I say this where the everyday black person feels like they have entirely too much say about what's going on in the streets and the internet made that happen you know social media made that happen to where a lot of the lingo that we started you know on the corner you know has been adopted by all of black America you, you got to realize slang come from the street. Well, I mean, you put slang in, in your records. Right? Because hip hop come from the street. It's street urban. Um, we're talking about Herc. Herc was a graffiti artist. You know what I mean? He was tagging on walls. It's illegal. He's a criminal. Right? Um, they were talking about somebody earlier than him, right? Because it's multiple forefathers when you start talking about hip hop. They were talking about uh, Disco King Mario, who was from a gang called the Black Spades in New York, in the Bronx. They're gang members. Criminals. I mean, so all of this culture, you know, comes from the street. And I realized what was bothering me about him. What was it? What, what, what it was, was he was telling me he was an accountant. And, then, you know, he didn't grow up in the hood, but he's a black man. And I'm and I'm thinking to myself, like, well, what the fuck make you think you should have any right in who uses the term nigga as a term of endearment? That's something that people that grew up in my lifestyle came up with. Actually, me and my generation. 
And that's where I'm starting to have this disconnect. You know what I'm saying? Like if 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 a movement can isolate itself from all of black people as a whole and be like, okay, I represent this niche of black people, then what what the fuck would make him think that I'm not gonna be like, well, wait a minute, if that's it, then I represent the streets. Nigga has become it's hip hop. I mean, it's become like a part of culture. You got white people like the kids that are into hip hop or into that culture. They say nigga. And it doesn't mean for them like, oh, sure. Like they're you're a nigga. They're like, oh, this is my boy. This, this is, is my, my term of endearment. Nigga. Yeah. Right. You and, got the kids. Yeah. They. They don't even care. They don't. Like, said, like I said, it's in the song. So, but like you said, they don't do it. Then they say, okay, well, it's not nigger, it's nigger. Right. What's the. So, so they were really guy. Where did that become where it's like, because I remember, I too was like, okay, well, it's not nigger. I don't. Uh, you guys are calling each other niggas. So. So, so this, and this is what I want to say. So, first off, no ceilings, glasses low. I got my dog Asia. I got my people Brit right here. Feel me? Doubling up. Y'all know how we doing this. We about to really <laughs> shift this shit into overdrive. Right? So that's my issue, right? Because that's black people's question. The average black person is like, well, nobody that's not black should use the term nigga. And I'm thinking like, no, nobody's not street mm. should use the term nigga. So then I can't say nigga. Like, and I never said nigga until I started doing this hip hop shit. <laughs> yeah, that's really. Until you that start hanging I with the niggas. Say nigga. right. <laughs> I didn't say nigga. No. I didn't say bitch. I didn't say like. Until you start hanging with the niggas. Street. I had like my lingo came from what I saw on TV or what was going to be Which on the radio. Which is most people's experience as far as how they take in hip hop. Right. And then you have the actual culture itself. Now, let me define hip-hop right hip-hop is urban street culture right densely populated crime-written neighborhoods so it's a level of poverty to go with that oppression of being black it's not just black it's a level of poverty that's needed in the vicinity to create this culture because a black man in Beverly Hills can be oppressed. He can be pulled over and sweated and be rich. It's wealthy athletes that are oppressed right now today by the NBA as far as when it comes to them raising levels of success. But the poverty part is what forces the culture out. I mean, it's the connection of both. And. So when this attorney who grew up in this nice middle class neighborhood and he was like, yeah, well, I'm black. And I'm like, well, I don't think you really should have say in who uses the term nigga. You're not street. Matter of fact, you shouldn't be using He's the term nigga. He's not using it. Yeah. I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, so he is using it. Unless he listens to music. Because his right. partner's walking outside the house if he's in a middle class neighborhood, well, he, he, unless he they listen to the rap songs. Little white kids in middle class suburbia. I mean, but I can't see him that. sitting like you know up somewhere. What's up, nigga? I mean, you're an <laughs> yeah. attorney. He's an attorney. <laughs> exactly. Why like, are you? This is my life. Like, right? My dad. You know, nigga. When I was like, yeah, nigga. My older <laughs> brothers. It's my nigga. You feel right. me? So, but baby. Maybe he did come from that, but he... He yeah. said he didn't come from oh, okay. that. He said okay. he grew up in a middle-class black experience, and he's an attorney now. 
Mm-hmm. And I just thought to myself, like, well, why the fuck would you think you would have say over who says the word nigga? And I thought about it, right? Because maybe he feels like, okay, uh, white people used it negatively about black people that were slaves. But all them black people was poor and oppressed black people. Right. You feel me? Like, so again, we go back to the same thing that's forcing culture. So urban street culture is what hip hop is. Densely populated crime-ridden neighborhoods, the culture that's developed there in those communities, Watts, Compton, those communities, the Bronx, you know what I mean? The places in right. the Bronx where it's like that, the places in Brooklyn, Queens, yeah. Cleveland, all of these densely populated crime-ridden neighborhoods. The culture that that type of oppression and poverty forces is what we call hip-hop. Okay. Right? That That's, that's right. the flavor of the month. Unless you're a young kid that's playing a fucking sax and now you're making jazz. Mm-hmm. Cause like a terrorist. Terrorist it forced terrorists to he responded and made jazz. Mm-hmm. But he still produces hip hop. Right. Street is crime. What you mean street is crime? But if you in the So street, when somebody's you- a street nigga, you're a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> so to be street is crime. To be in the streets is you're where the crime is. Okay. See, like a lot of these terminologies, and I said this on another podcast as well. Like when people say I'm outside, that means you're where the action is, where shootouts are happening. It doesn't literally mean. <laughs> really? I never, when I say I'm outside, I'm saying I'm outside. <laughs> no, that's not. Again, there's a real term and then there's well, a slang how, term. So who said okay. that that's what that means? I, I, I'm a street nigga and I created the term. <laughs> okay, like, this right. is culturally what we, we outside. do. Okay, so we can't we say active. we outside. It's like, so it's. It's yeah. the new we active. Yeah, like we active doesn't okay. mean like I'm jogging. Got yeah, it. I know what that is. Okay, so I mean, I know what active is, but I'm just laughing because we always yeah. say we outside. we outside. No, no, yeah. like when you was a little kid, like, oh, go outside. No, I That's know. It's not. Oh. We outside is the combination. That's what I'm saying. I'm outside. <laughs> we outside. That means we're looking for the action. Got it. Oh, doesn't literally mean that, you know, I'm out of my domain. When I did post, we outside. I was looking for the action because I'm outside in this heat. Yeah, but and was looking for that type of action though. That, that's that's that not action. The kind not, of the, action. not the action. You're right. <laughs> you're right. I wasn't active. <laughs> he was looking for the turn up, not to be. Yeah, not yeah. like like yeah. You were going to a <laughs> yeah. Was it? You're right. Yeah, in theory, no. like what a function would be, but not really where you would be. Right. So you're not, not like going that. to function. A function not. is a neighborhood gathering. You know where you guys go to in a middle class part is a party. A function, right. From the streets, we go to functions. Right. I went to a couple of functions. Of course you have. Yeah. And you've seen how functioning it functions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It functions. It functions. Yeah. It was functioning. So that, that was a thought I was having. So the term street is crime, right? Crime written. Street. It don't mean like the pavement where the lines are marked outside. It means the crime written communities, right? Like. Crime, crime, where, where crime is happening. That's street. A street nigga is a criminal. The term, like I said, real nigga was created as a as an achievement for somebody who was a street nigga. Because if you was a street nigga, you wasn't trying to be a doctor. You got to remember like terms like doctors, lawyers, attorneys. Those are great terms in America. Mm-hmm. And if you're like caught up in crime in these densely populated crime written neighborhoods, those things don't look obtainable. You know, doctor, right. lawyer. Right. So do you create, you know, real nigga? Real niggas. That that's the elite term of But that's the problem. Why doesn't it look 
obtainable. Like, well, that's the point of oppression and poverty. It's a blinding thing. It's a it's a real limiting thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like you got to think humanity. Like Russia is going to always be for Ukraine. They're right next door to each other. Russia's worst enemy can really never be America. It's too far. Mm. And they can have a cold war that they never fought. Because it's too fucking far. We're going to be doing all them flybys all the time. Mm. <laughs> Not the flight. You can't stick at war all the time. You right. I mean? Like You got to put some troopers there. Take, it would take too much energy and work, and it's too dangerous. Mm. China right now, their worst enemy is Taiwan. They're like, hold up. Y'all doing too much with America. You mean, remember they worst enemies for a while it was Japan. It was close. Yeah, yeah, real, yeah that's right. I remember that. I mean, people beef with what's in the vicinity. Right. Real beefs are within the vicinity. You know, if you if you look at most El Salvadorians, they don't they beef with Mexicans. Yeah. You know I mean, again, it's kind of right. common, right? It's it's like um you 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 fight who you close to, especially poor people, because it's limited resources. But the point I was making was. He kept asking me, why was I so comfortable with Fat Joe using the N-word? And I'm like, I've been to where Fat Joe is from. Fat Joe is from the streets where that's how people talk. My question to him, even as a black man, why the fuck are you asking me who should use the N-word? You should be asking me. But somehow, these middle class, wealthy black people feel entitled to have a say in this street culture. You're not a criminal. You shouldn't even be talking like this. You should be an outstanding citizen for our kids to look and say, I don't have to be glasses or, you know, this guy. I can be Dr. Dick. <laughs> Feel me? Like, that's the option. But somehow, at the, at the elite level of middle class, because of hip-hop, the music, people have lowered their standards. and was like, you know, you could have a dude. He's like, oh, I got a good job as... You know, the FedEx manager, you know what I mean? He was like, oh, yeah, I was at work eight hours today. Real nigga shit. No, it's not, bro. <laughs> it's actually real manager shit. It's real man shit. Real father shit. Like, you don't, why are you allowing the the concentrate, right, of, of urban struggle to be your pinnacle? Like, you have, it is weird to me because even the whole complete movement has adopted America as part of their slogan, like, like people where I'm from, none of us is proud Americans. We fucking hate America. Like you enslaved us and it's fucked up. Y'all right. have figured out a way to be like, yeah, we built this country, which I think is dope to have claim to something you built. They I can never not be, build it. That's <laughs> right. What I'm, yeah. but why did- I, I'm saying, but I could never be American because, you know, it's like my dad, my dad could never be a, like a, like a, uh, uh, he could have all the conservative views, but because racist white people is conservatives in his mind, he's like, yeah, I can't, can't deal with it. That's how I feel about America. Like, mm-hmm. I can never claim somebody that don't claim me. Mm-hmm. So wait, so you're saying that since he doesn't understand it, he shouldn't say it or have a say so who says it. That's my issue. My issue is what would make him think it's okay to ask me? Got it. First off, why do you think? Honestly, it's more cringy to me when African people say nigga <laughs> than when Fat Joe says nigga. I know. However. Like when I hear like let's say like a uh, like the comedian <laughs> like the comedian uh 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 Blackson Michael Blackson yeah oh yeah I think that's part Nico? of his that's why I was getting Nico. that's yeah. how it sounds yeah yeah it's like that should be cringy yeah I haven't really um talked to many Africans that say that yeah because you know why that's not where they from 
Yeah, and they don't say that. They say it because they've been around us. Middle class black people say it because they've been around us because they heard it. It's not something that was like shared amongst the black community. We're not going to the black elite opportunities and they walk around like, yeah, what's up, nigga? That's not a common I mean, black thing. Yeah, I, I'm not from a middle class, from middle class, but I just. You didn't grow up in, in poor in a poor community. I just didn't. Yeah. I, I had guess. the best of both worlds. I mean, yeah, because I, I went through. You know, where'd you grow up at? Um, everywhere. Where's your main place of growing up? Um, when you were starting to become impressionable, Asia. Impressionable. Red, yes. In the valley. Okay. Yeah, um. See? Yes. But no, I mean, I lived so everywhere. Wait, I lived off. Become- I lived off Figueroa on 109th. ninth. I oh, yeah. lived I'm in Gardena, in LA. Impressionable years. So what? what junior high, elementary, junior high, and high school. Junior high and high school. Where'd you go to where'd you go to high school at? Palmdale. <laughs> Palmdale. Yeah. Palmdale Renata. High School. Some niggas in Palmdale, but it was. A ton of niggas, though. But the thing is, is we I lived in the valley. Well, we were from Gardena. And my mom, um, she uh, wanted me to go to school in the valley because she went to, she got bust out there when she was in school. Sure, sure. So got bust busted taft too. Yeah, you know, she went to Grant. Uh, she went to Grant. I went to Grant yeah, and I kicked so. out and then I got sent to Granada Hills and I finished at Granada Hills. Right. Is Granada Hills considered like a worse school than Grant? Um, Granada Hills was like better. No, Granada Hills was actually a mixture of people because they got bust. A lot of, I had a lot of friends from Watts, from yep. the, uh, the West Side, like over there by Hamilton. They were getting bused to my school. Sure. Yeah, so a lot normal. of them, like, you know, so it was Brought a mixture. Yeah, it was a mixture. We had Indians, Whites. Everybody had their own little cliques. But. but but it was weird to me and like he asked me why was I comfortable with Fat Joe saying nigga? And I'm like, because Fat Joe grew up in the streets that we grew up in. Like that's the point. Like my homeboy Mando yeah. from my gang, right? My homeboy Mando from Seventh Street, right? Mando grew up with us his whole life. He was adopted by you know, forgive me for telling his private business, but I, I don't think he, you know, if you seen him, you would know it's different. But he was adopted by the matriarch family of my neighborhood since, you know, months old. Oh, wow. So he's a nigga the whole time. He's everybody nigga. That's how everybody <laughs> around him talk. Yeah, nigga, this, that, the third nigga, you finna, feel me? This is how it works. So when you grow up with us, that's why you that's, become whatever we are, because culturally we become the same thing. That's how we talk. That's how my mother talked. That's how my daddy talked. Mm-hmm. This is how my people talk. This is how the neighbors talk. There are some neighbors who didn't, but most people talk just like this. That's true. I mean, yeah. Hell, coaches <laughs> at school talk like this. Okay. Tell that nigga, get the hell up out of here. <laughs> and nobody told the principal because that's how niggas talk. So, I just wanted to get your opinion if y'all could even understand what I'm saying. Like, like the ownership of the term, the ownership of that culture is the street more than it's just black. You know, there's poor people that grow up with us and, and pick up right with us. Feel me that are, you know, this this is might be the, the I hate to say this. I literally hate I, I severely dislike it, but I may relate to a person that grew up next door to me. That's a, that's a, uh, let's say if he was Cuban, 
right? He grew up next door to me. I may relate to him more than a black person in Beverly Hills. Like my relation of that person could be a police oppressing us somewhere. You in Beverly Hills going to this nice house and me going to, you know, Watts and my dad are Compton. So yes, we can relate there, but every other struggle Feel me? Outside of those oppressions, it's going to be a disconnect because poverty is not there. Meanwhile, this same Cuban person next door to me is going to get oppressed with me. He's going to be as poor as I am because we live next to each other. Mm-hmm. So culturally, we create the culture together. Excuse me. Like we, like we create the culture in these places. You know, the bad English, the slang is created by us because of the lack of educational opportunities and how we want to speak. I mean, if we had fantastic schools, it wouldn't be as much slang. Mm-hmm. That or if we, yeah. the slang has become trendy. It's become a way of, and I even, get it. Yeah, yeah. A, a way of, That's for a long time, though, even, too, you know, talking caption, you know, just texting. Like it's, it's the thing to do, you know, as far as like the slang, but, um, it makes a lot of sense. Like I know for me, um, I didn't necessarily grow up in the hood, but of course I had family that grew up in the hood, but me just moving from LA coming up to, um, the Valley area, there's certain parents that I would just fall naturally be more drawn to, um, versus say another parent you know that's been from that area for forever like we just wouldn't connect like my you know daughter's friends her parents are white like I just didn't connect with them like it just was like okay well I always end up finding a black parent (laughs) like you know we just have more in common so and yeah it was just it it makes sense that's how I how I grew up so I'm more comfortable being around what I'm used to being around as far as like, I remember um, saying bitch was like a no, no for me. Like I was not my friends, like what bitch. Mm -hmm. And we used to look at people wrong, you know, like, why they calling each other bitches and shit. And then was the girls that was, they was from the hood. Like, you know what I'm saying? And they was calling each other bitches and me growing up. It was like, like, Ugh, yeah, like me and my friends we didn't sure. do that yeah. you know so now i say bitch like it's just you water right, you got you get the flavor it's like oh, you okay season, you seasoned right by that poverty but it's that, mainstream though it's so popular but, but, I, but i'm gonna tell you it is right but that doesn't mean culturally it didn't belong to somebody right and then so imagine if so Let's say, right, because that is very much something that that poor black street women, you know, poor street women came because pretty much if you in the street, you grew up wherever, whoever in your community, you can't even control it. But, you know, bitch, right? Oh, bitch, bitch, bitch. And it's like, okay, now you got it, right? You got the flavor. Imagine somebody not culturally tied to it telling you. How to talk. That's oh, I'm a woman. It's a white woman saying, I don't like you saying the word bitch around me, or I don't like she saying the word bitch. It's like, bitch, it's bitch, not for you. It's to not, judge. Yeah. Like, bitch, why you bitch? This ain't for you. This ain't, and and yeah. that's my point. It's a tough that okay. it's a tough debate, right? And, and but that's how I feel all together. It's like for you to be asking, like, are you street? What are your qualifications in the street? 
But where do we, but where is it to where, okay, this man that came from a middle class, he's an attorney and he can have, you know, some type of influence. Where do we take accountability and say, okay, maybe, you know, we can help the street. Like, why is it okay to just be ignorant? Like, why is it okay? The term isn't ignorant. It was, it's not, it's not a lack of knowledge of what the words stand for. It's of a willingness to control. But that's how he's looking at it. Well, well, that's the point. He's ignorant. Right. Okay. Right. And and it sounds crazy because Lord knows an attorney or middle-class person can't be ignorant. I don't know, man. <laughs> but again, you just don't know. So you could think we don't know that that was to call black people as mm-hmm. slaves or as a, we don't give a fuck. Right. We took ownership. Like we decided that it's okay. okay. You know what? If these things are not possible to obtain, Right. Rooted in this oppression and poverty because it is severe. And it and it goes back to that same Martin Luther King quote. Uh, you can tell a man to pick himself up by his bootstraps, but it's a cruel jest to tell a bootless man to pick himself up what by his bootstraps. Right. Right. So, yeah, we could look at everybody that come from those environments where I come from and say, well, you could make it if I made it. It's some people don't have boots. Just not there. That's why we supposed to take care of each other. Mm-hmm. Remember, the ghetto wasn't created for us. It was created for Jewish people. We just took over. What you mean it was it created for Jewish, so Jewish people? It, that's what it was made for. It's what actually a Jewish, it's actually considered part of that shit. They were the first people in the ghetto. Wow. Remember, crazy. we didn't have a place in America. Mm-hmm. The first projects probably wasn't for black people, most likely. If you look it up, it won't be. It won't mm-hmm. yeah, It'll probably for sure. be for like, Somebody that's not an English white person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I mean, like, cause they, they, you know, the, the, the English white person is super oppressive to Italian, Irish, feel me, um, Spanish, Spaniards. You know, darker you get, it's gonna get tougher to be that type of oppression. So, it was just a weird conversation, and he felt like he had said, "I'm like, well, Fat Joe is from the streets. You know, this man from the Forest Hills Projects. Like, you know, he grew up with motherfuckers. That's how they talk." When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed, cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers 
or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I'm not saying everybody from other communities shouldn't accept it. I'm saying if Fed Joe, if the people of Forest Hills that grew up in his community were saying you shouldn't say it, he wouldn't be saying it. He would have respected they mind because them is his loved ones and cultural, you know, confidants and people. He would have been like that. But they accepted it. Now, the world don't need to accept it. But don't ask another street person, why are you why do I accept it? Because I got a homeboy named Mando. That's my nigga. Well, see, now... Now, I'm not saying you got to expect Mando to say nigga. You just don't got to talk to Mando. But if you call yourself, thank you, you finna trip on my homeboy that grew up with me just because your skin look like my skin, that don't mean enough. Mm -hmm. Just because our grandmother was oppressed the same way, you know, great, great, great grandmother was oppressed the same way. That don't mean enough. This nigga right here starving with me every right. day. We ate together the same sandwich, broken in half, shared it. Mando gave me my first ounce of shine when I couldn't get my own. Hey, man, get you some money. You think you finna talk to him crazy and tell me about, oh, you know, what our our great, great, great grandfathers went through? Nigga, your great, great grandfather could have been a house nigga. Nigga could have been on the porch, nigga, screaming at my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Look at this nigga right here. We starve together. This my nigga. But see, that's where I mean, you can have you know somebody out, you know, a young, you know, some people, and you don't know that okay, this person is grew up with me. You know what I'm saying? He's from the streets, so yeah, he running around here saying nigga. Then you have another group or some niggas that's like, why this nigga running around here saying nigga? Now they start tripping on them on him because. Oh, he ain't supposed to be saying that. And you got to think about it because of the um, one of our friends, they they'll say it with us, but they know for some reason. Well, they won't say it in front of like a lot maybe, of people because it's not because maybe that person shit is not legit. Like, I'm not saying that they not legit like that. Maybe they, they was always choosing to say it as a mm-hmm. way to refer 
you know, to, to y'all bond or, you know, whatever he, whatever she thought was going on. Right. But my homie ain't going, he going to say it in front of anybody. And you're going to have to say something to him because this is how he talk. Got it. That's you what I'm mean? saying. You could be somewhere but, but, and they but, don't know this. Yeah, but and now they're going to flash on you, on y'all, because you yeah. they like you taking up for him but, but, and he don't look like us. But most likely, that's not what's happening in the street. Mm. Got you. Give me? And like, the, yeah, in the street. If mm-hmm. you go to street, I can go to a street in Houston. If it's the street, they going to see him and talk to him. They're going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. It won't even be a question. It only starts being a question when you don't understand how it could happen because you're not from the streets, streets yeah. or you from somewhere where there are no poor other people besides black poor people. And that probably is just very rare. Maybe in the Midwest, mm-hmm. there's some places in the Midwest where, you know, it'll just be poor black people. They got poor white people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, it's, it's like, it's always a different culture or race that grow up in poor places. You know what I'm saying? It, even if it's a few. So, you don't hear other street rappers or hip hop artists like, oh, Fat Joe says this. Nobody's scared of Fat Joe. Who the fuck is Fat Joe? Fat Joe can run the fade like anybody else. I don't give a fuck what they say. For me, it's not about that. I understand because he's street and I'm street. And I understand where he's from. I've been to where his projects are. I see the dynamic of who lives there. Mm-hmm. So I understand how that can happen to him. Mm-hmm. And that's important mm-hmm. within context. Street people created that term of endearment the way we use it. Yes, those street people were black, but they were not just black. They were street. Right. Black people. My dad hates that I use it. Right. That nigga use it. He black. Yeah. <laughs> right. He hate I use it. Mm-hmm. He like, I wish y'all just throw the word word. No, that is ours. Mm-hmm. Y'all just keep saying brother or whatever y'all say. And he'd be turning around, Nick, look, nigga. Oh, now you want to borrow it. <laughs> oh, when they get mad. Yeah, oh, that's my, mad. yeah. And that's how they use oh, it. Oh, grandma, oh, yeah, you know, you're going to be a bitch and a nigga. nigga. <laughs> yeah. Little nigga. Yeah. Yeah. So th- that's my point. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if we niche culture, it's going to keep niching. You know what I'm saying? And that's where I'm at. Where I'm like, well, I think we need to start really determining who could say what. Like, I, I've been this way about hip hop. I've been super protective over the last five, six years of hip hop. Like, no, that person's not hip hop. That person's not hip hop. That person's not hip hop. Because we got to leave something for the streets. Like, I'm not saying you can't listen to the music and enjoy it and it influence you to make the music, but that don't mean you making hip hop. You could just be a rapper. Mm-hmm. Hip hop is a very specific culture. Rap is just the language, you know what I'm saying? Yep. The way we talk, the way we deliver the culture. But rap can be employed and used to deliver any message. Mm-hmm. Fucking Joe Biden could write a rap right. about being the president and it could be a dope rap. That don't mean just because he's rapping, it's, it's hip hop. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, just because you're black, you know, it doesn't make you entitled to slang. It doesn't. But when you're black in, say, I mean, this is white America, corporate America, and you have, you know, you're representing for all the black people. So if someone comes in there, they're saying nigga, everybody's looking at you like, oh, my gosh, they wouldn't say nigga, them That's to say yeah. nigga. They're not going to say if it. They, said nigga, they would. If they said nigga, you're supposed to fight them. Not nigga to me, but you could be you know, in a work environment or something and you just hear this oh, person. Yeah, somebody like, nigga. Let's say if it's a white person and at they, a cubicle. Uh-huh. Right. And he's rapping a song. You're like, yeah, uh, 
Yeah, my nigga singing rap. My nigga, my nigga. It's a uh, white person. He rapping. Right. He rapping. But then you supposed to tell him, hey, don't do that. But when you start talking to the streets. No, wait. Why are you supposed to tell him don't do that when he's he's in his cubicle and he's rapping the song? It, it don't matter. Like, that's the point. That's that's. So that's, is that OK? So would that be OK for the attorney or the middle class to be like, OK, yeah, you don't have a right to yes, say that because now now you have more of a claim to it than he does. Mm hmm. Got it. But you right. saying when you're trying to tell another person from the street. street right. Like, say it. like what? If you come you from shouldn't be the street. You know what I mean? That's why you he's upset. And I could, like I said, I could tell he's an attorney. I could tell he grew up in a middle class neighborhood. I could tell everything about him, how he's talking to me. I can see it. He told me he was. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, why are you trying to tell somebody from where we from mm -hmm. to say nigga? Who do you think you took? Boy, we'll cut your ass up. We'll fuck you up. Right. And yeah, then they'll think so it's nice. like, well, you're taking another person's side. No, this is somebody culturally who I yeah, relate saying, to. Oh, he not, but he doesn't he not black. That he point he of shouldn't be what saying. you're saying right now. He just no, looking at it because, like because it's, it's a black word. Yes, and that's not a black word. That, but I'm and saying hip hop is not a black thing. Yep, it's not. It has it has black roots from the street. It is not created by no fucking doctors or no fucking attorneys or no motherfucking nothing. Them people was listening to jazz and, and top level great R&B. Them the same people that had fucked up shit to say about hip hop. It wasn't just white people who had shit fucked up to say about hip hop. It was elite black people that protested N.W.A.'s existence who called it it wasn't music. It was right. upper level black preachers. It was a lot of people that wasn't from the environment to understand how poverty helped us form this music. Mm -hmm. Right. And, mm -hmm. and that's just really important when you think about it. The difference between something just being black culture yep. and something being street. street culture. It's true. Makes sense. It really is. Because street culture. I don't know street culture. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even try. You know, what I'm, like. But you do know it. And you pick I know it up. some you, stuff. You pick it up. I picked, well, I picked it, it up. up but being a product of two crips and all you and they just was. <laughs> And then my grandma was just really from the streets. Like they were really. So I had to, you know, you had no choice but to be like, okay, this is what it is. Active. Yeah, they activated. <laughs> they activated. So I had no choice for that matter. That's funny. Yeah. My parents didn't game bang. Nobody directly in my family like but but again gang banging. gang banging it's not it's not a gang banging is just well not LA. gang banging but, but i'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. being okay. a gang member is just la street culture mm -hmm. it's not anything different every street nigga in la is the same if you're a criminal in la you do the same shit for the most part my homie always be joking my boy ju oh glasses no man you know you be pushing gangs and shit no <laughs> i'm from seventh street I'm not an advocate for all gang members, but what I'm telling you is, he's like, oh, that's not right. I said, Jay, you, you a street nigga. He's like, yeah, but that's different. What's different? If somebody was about to shoot me somewhere, you got a gun, you ain't going to be like, you know what, glass is dark, and let me call the police and report it to the proper authority. You don't call the police neither. Right. You would do a crime to advance your agenda either. The only difference is you're not aligned with a bunch of men that'll do the same. And you are technically because you align with me. If you would do crimes with me, if we was going somewhere, nigga did something, and you felt we need to get off, and we get off together, nigga, we a gang. 
so a gang member is directly related to doing crime. Like if you're a gang, gang member, you're doing gang crime. Is a group of a group of people that commit crimes to advance their agenda. It's all it is by definition. A group of criminals that mm. are together. Mm. So every individual member, a gangster is just a street nigga. I have some. I have so many. Crip questions, just yeah. <laughs> you tell me. I'm, uh, let me okay. listen. So, okay, this whole you know, Crips, Bloods, right? Yeah. My whole thing is this: Why is there so many ho- Crips or hoods within a Crip? Like, why isn't it that? Or when did that start? Because when I was looking at the video, it was like, okay, we had Crips and we had Bloods. Then all of a sudden, we had these different. Hoods or these different neighborhoods. Why? Why couldn't it just be Crips and Bloods? Because poverty does the same exact thing. It's like when you go to Nigeria and you say, "Why are you know how many ethnicities there is in Nigeria? How many different languages there is in Nigeria?" And they all Nigerians. If you go over there and be like, "Oh, y'all just Nigerians. They from different tribes. Mm-hmm. They talk different. They eat different. It's culturally different mm-hmm. because poverty creates invisible barriers." And then you think culturally it's unique here. Like I'm from 117th Street. We think it's culturally different when you cross Imperial and get to 115th Street. And that's crazy because that's that's right there. Like, But that's how poverty works. Poverty and oppression forces you into small boxes. Most people from where we from never been to the beach. You're right. You are absolutely yes, right. Know. Like they have never went to the beach. They have never crossed. Like you don't want to. Because you don't want to run into white people. You kind of know well, how, how the white people be, and you be worried about it. And and the world is a scary place when you poor. You 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 bound it to where you're from because it's the safest thing that you know. That's how the the the, the mental fortress. That poverty and oppression is is way more elite than you could ever imagine. Way more tricky and crafty and and real. You know what I'm saying? When I talk to certain homies, they don't even see nothing else for their life. They don't. Feel me? It, it's like a computer. You know what I mean? That's in safe mode. And it's crazy because it's like I don't, I can't Relate. see that. Yeah, and, and that's the point. Like if you're not there every day to kind of understand it, it doesn't even seem realistic. You ever watch Stranger Things? Yes. Um, okay. No. The ghetto is the upside down. Mm-hmm. It's right there, but it it's seems right like there, it's not it's real. Yeah. It don't even seem real. Like you, like think about the world. Like hip hop is not about being relatable. It's about being a journey into another life, another world. Like the upside down. The upside down just looks like, you know, Hawkins, the the middle school, but. I mean, the, the community and all of that. But when you go to the upside down, you realize this is different. Mm. Yeah, I haven't watched It's that. darker. It seems like yeah. there's monsters. But the monsters got the same purpose. Like, there's a belief that the monsters want something worse. Y'all in their town. Y'all fucking with them. Y'all opened... A, y'all opened... Uh, 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 they opened the ghetto right there. When, when she sent... Uh, uh, cuz, uh, uh, one, one in there, yeah, and he went through the wall and all that. And they opened up, y'all opened the motherfucking door to the ghetto. <laughs> them monsters wasn't fucking with nobody at first. Them monsters was over there and they minding their motherfucking business, and you opened up the door. 
And they came out. They came like, what's going on? Who yeah, are y'all? <laughs> you got to watch it. Well, I don't know, Asia. I don't know if you really. Did you watch it at all? None mm-hmm. of them? Mm-mm. That's how the, mon- the monsters you popped might. up. Like, who the fuck is y'all? The monsters wasn't trying to get through. We was trying to get to them. They were Not- chilling. Hawkins was trying to get to them. And they was like, hold up. And now they like, okay, y'all motherfuckers tripping. Y'all sending motherfuckers up in here. Motherfuckers are tripping. This nigga one probably telling us how fucked up y'all is. Man, them motherfuckers fake. They <laughs> Think about it. That's Cube. If you grew up listening to Ice Cube your whole life, what would you think of white people? <laughs> they are oh, not yeah. to be they trusted. They are not to be trusted. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah. what if one What if one is the Ice Cube of the Upside Down? He telling all the monsters, the uh, what's the big one? What they call him? The Mind Flare? What if what if what if what if one is telling the mind flare right the big spider? Oh, the big spider! Oh, who's shit, supposed I to be the main person? I know you. What if about one is telling the mind flare, man? Them motherfuckers is <laughs> fucked up over there in Hawkins, <laughs> over there up the. Uh, they call this the upside down. What if they calling that man? That shit, them people it. fucked up. Look at them motherfuckers. You see what they look how they sent me over here? The mind flare, like all oh, them bitch ass niggas, is on. Perspective is important with all of these conversations. Perspective is everything. And and it's weird that, you know, we don't accept that. It's just weird. You know what I mean? We don't want to give everybody their own perspective. We feel like everybody should have the same perspective, no matter how ridiculous that is. Mm-hmm. What other crib questions did you have? All right. So... <laughs> Wait, I got one. Yeah. Mine might be a little silly, but I oh, always... Oh, but let me I'll, make this point. Yeah, so okay. it broke up in the mid-70s. Okay. So the the flag, I mean, the the flag, red, the... What the fuck you call it? Rag, the rag, right? Yeah, the bandana. So that represents crip, cripping or blooding, right? So now, like, I have some pants that is cripping. I have a shirt that's... Like blend, like how is that, or how do you feel, or how do gangbangers feel seeing people that aren't banging wearing the colors? Like you're a fan. <laughs> oh, just a fanatic. Well, I just want to know a why fanatic. y'all wear the, uh, the flag on the left side. Who made that up? I don't know. Them niggas came up with that shit just one day. Just it, one day, and it just happened. It wasn't a lot of intellect about gangbanging. So that was something that had to happen. You needed to wear it on the left side. Well, remember pre 75, that just didn't exist. Colors didn't exist. That's what I was. Didn't exist. None of that. It was just, these were the Crips and these were the bloods. Right. They weren't even the bloods. It was just the Crips. Bloods became a union of everybody who didn't want to be a Crip. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was guys who was like, yeah, I'm not fucking with what they got going on. We're going to do our own thing. And And those guys united. And became the same type of shit anyway. Oh no, we bloods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shit, y'all the same now. United and became this. So it was people who it, the the bloods came about because they wasn't down with that shit that 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 Raymond and and Tookie was trying to push. They was like, nah, we're gonna keep doing our own thing. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you know, if you reject the advancement of you know um, a, a movement. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be, you know, you're you going to have trouble. And they dealt with the trouble how they wanted to. They stood up for themselves. And they found other communities that wasn't with the program. And they united and kind of became what we know as Bloods or Pie Rules. Okay. What, what else? What's the other crib question? 
Well, okay, so this whole initiation thing, um, you know how they say, like, um, you have to shoot somebody. That's or not true. They'll do, yeah, with the whole um, having the car off, I mean, the lights off. and that, That's not true. Though. Okay. Now, the fighting, so is it, do you have to fight to get into the gang? Or is it just something where it's like, I grew up in this hood and... I'm a part of this. Game. A lot of people are born on the set. That's normal. I'm saying that's standard. My Some people fight. If you was really born over there and you get put on anyway, they will never do you like a stranger. They really just. So they really be fighting strangers. Like, oh, a stranger in today's time, he'll get beat up bad. To be put on the hood. Yeah, they're going to beat him up because he's a stranger. So they're going to really see what he's about. And they just want to use their power incorrectly because they're not used to using it anyway. So they're going to apply a real type of physical force to that person because he's a stranger. There's no love. They don't know his mama. They don't know his daddy. They're going to just fuck him up. So, cause they fucked him up. Okay. So now there's no love in that. There's okay. Now you're a part of the gang. Cause we fucked you up. Like that's it. Yeah. If you are willing to get beat up to be one of us, that's a, a, a early initial sign that you want to be one of us. Mm-hmm. You willing to get beat up. Is there ever like anyone where it's like, nah, you, we don't, you can't be a part of this life or, or, you know, a crip or just, you know, like the thirties aren't notoriously. A lot of they G homies are trying to cut off, but then they got young homies that are, um, most gangs are trying to expand though. They, they No, I'm saying, is there ever somebody that that wants to be a part of? Yeah. Where they're like, there's people that have been denied. It's not often, but people have been denied. Why is it not often though? Like, I think that that would be my only problem with the culture. It's, it's way too accessible for anybody. Right. And then, I mean, because. Sure, you would think something this, that represents everybody would you'd be really more selective about who that person is. So do, does your gang the gang comes over your family? Where where's the line drawn here? What do you mean or does there? the gang come over your family? So uh, there may be decisions or things that you have to make where you have to um choose your family or the gang. Like what kind of decision is that? Like what what like for example Okay, I was just watching something. I can't remember what I was watching, but the guy basically, um, oh, Goodfellas. I was watching the movie Goodfellas. So you know how he had to basically um, go into the witness protection or whatever because he was going to tell because they were going to come to kill his family and everything. Sure. Does that, is there a limit there? Like, is it like, well, I joined this gang so I know that my family can get killed or... I, I don't quite know what you mean. Okay. Um, in black gangs, most of the time, nobody's going to kill your family. They're going to kill your mom. They know your mom and your dad. They just don't like you. But um, so they don't there, go- there's rarely a moment you have to choose your gang over your family. Like Nobody's going to beat up your dad and be like, stand by, watch us beat up your dad. No. You know what I'm saying? It's not like that. Everybody in gangbanging, mothers and fathers are really respected. In LA street culture. Like mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, there's like a huge that's not cool. Like your mom has to be on drugs or something crazy. But for the most part, if your homies really know your parents, they'll respect your parents. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a lot of respect in gangs. It's not simple, you know what I'm saying? It it it, it has to be some kind of fraction in and how they see other people. Like maybe if your mom is on drugs, then 
disrespect could happen. Your father's on drugs. You know, they don't respect themselves. Then things could go bad in the streets. So I get like the whole fighting thing, you know, I yeah, mean, for shit. sure you're going to be in fights. Yeah. So they're going to start you right up. I'm just saying I get it. Like it's about respect fighting. Like, I mean, but the gun violence, the shooting, the killing, like, where is it to where just as a human, you're like, okay, we got to stop killing. Like, why is it where it's like, okay, there's drive bys or there's, all of these things where it's like, why do y'all have to kill? Or why does it have to be so drastic? Like, I mean, well, that's a humanity problem. Biden uh, and, and the government literally just did a press conference where they killed the leader, right? They made sure to let you know he was uh, Bin Laden's boss. Yep, the and they just like, yeah, and he thought he was going to get away from it, but we showed him and we gunned him down. We... Drop. We did a flyby on him and his people and blah, blah, blah. And we got at him. And now he knows he can't mess with America or what's going on with Russia and Ukraine or, or China doing the military exercises on Taiwan. You know, it's it's not a, a problem just in our community. This is a humanity problem. So, wait, why do you feel that it's so hard for like if you are a part of a gang, whatever, like, it's so hard for you to walk away. You can't walk away, right? Sure you can. You can do whatever you want to. You're a grown-ass man. But why would you... That's like your cousin is red, and he's like, okay, we're not cousins, no more. I'm going to walk away. Or like somebody you grew up with and been friends with your whole life, what are you walking away from? Like, you don't have to be a criminal. You can... Li- Nobody's going to talk you about you. You can just leave you. the hood. Like, most people don't move... Leave. They, people get good jobs. Like, nobody's like, you got that good job. Throw away your job and come fuck up with us. Niggas <laughs> like, oh, you got a good job. Feel me? And you can help somebody else get a good job. But that might be for the older. But the young... The, the younger generation or kids, yeah, they're not telling them, oh, yeah, you don't need to go to work. I mean, you don't need to um come kick it at the, in the hood. They saying, oh, yeah, we need to link because we... You know, want to do some drugs and some some pills or get high or some shit like that. Like you know, TV thing. I don't think. Oh, that's really? Real. Yeah, I don't. I think for the most part, if you really grew up with somebody and you got a good job, nobody's gonna be like, "Man, you need to fuck that. Go, don't go to work today. Come throw your life away with me." That's just not really <laughs> how it works. That's so now, true. if you're a stranger, they want to test out how real you are, and that's why strangers from different communities have no business going to stranger communities to get put on. That's just ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? If you don't know people here, what do you think you're doing? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's why, that's how they do yeah. strangers. Okay. They like, you ain't from over here, so we don't care what you got going on. You need to pull up and you know, put in your hours because you ain't one. You ain't a day one. But if you really from that mm-hmm. community, for real, right. I mean, nobody's going to give you a hard time because you got a great job. Oh, he got a good job. We're going to punch on him. No. He's be like, oh, man, then they got that job. Mm-hmm. He'll be feel most of the time he'll feel more pressure to to be a part of whatever's going on than they will be putting pressure on him. Nobody gonna be like you got to call off work and come to the meeting. So is it just really um, some hoods where it's just beef on site, like sure, where it's yeah, like because it's, it's, somebody died. I mean, somebody died, and it was somebody's brother, and it was somebody's sister, and this is their little cousin, and this is your best friend. And his older brother got killed, and these are the guys that did it. This is his cousin. Like if, if somebody, you know, 
Never would happen But if somebody shot Britain You seen their cousin I don't know if you'd be able to contain yourself the same Maybe you don't pull out a gun But you might rush the bitch Right I feel you Feel me That's so, true So all the That's same true. thing of just the human experience What do you value your life for Throwing away your life over If you don't have If your life don't have much value You may throw it away for a lot less than Somebody who has a lot more Like if you have a a car that's worth $150,000 or $50,000 or 63 Impala and somebody steals your car and you don't have insurance, feel me? maybe you tripping a little bit more than a person who got they being stolen and got great insurance and get another one tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I mean, poverty is, is a very restrictive place. You know, that, that poverty and oppression is a very restrictive place. And, you know, you want to protect your assets, your greatest assets. And sometimes in that world, it's like, it's your reputation. It may be your greatest asset when you come from there. You don't have a great job that pays $90,000 a year. You ain't taking care of all your kids mm-hmm. to the best of your ability mm-hmm. or to the best way it can. Your baby mama tripping because you don't got enough money for all of this silly stuff that she wants to do. So it, it will drive you crazy. And you will be some shit. And so, yeah, the gangs... Um it was more like uh, put together, like how the Black Panthers was to protect the communities and to be able to um, help to empower. That I think that's a rough idea. But you got to remember, the Black Panther Party was started by adults. Crips were started by children. Mm, for, yeah, he was. Uh, 16. Mm-hmm. You're talking about, you know, um, Raymond was born in 53. He started the Crips in 69. He's 16 years old. Mm-hmm. A lot of those guys, too, were on Red Devil Pills in middle school. Red Devil Pills? What yeah, is that? That's like, like PCP or some shit? Nah, Red Devils are like a... It's like an upper. Oh, shit. Yeah, and a lot of people was doing those type of pills in the in the, in the 60s and the 70s. Mm-hmm. You know, I listened to an interview on Kev Mack's podcast. Shout out to the OG homie Kev Mack. Got a dope YouTube channel and he talked to Tookie's wife and she was saying how all of them was popping Red Devils in middle school. Damn. This is in the 60s. Damn. So, you know, that's the that's the that's the mind that fostered gangbang. You know what I mean? The way y'all see it. So it wasn't necessarily completely thought out correctly, mm-hmm. but it's not anywhere as restrictive as you could imagine. It's a very open idea. It can be defined as very few rules. Everybody kind of set their own rules. The only consistent rules are rules within being a criminal. You can't tell the po- you can't snitch. Right. Right. Because as a criminal, they force you to be accountable. Like you can't get out of accountability. You lose all reputation if because it's all still a, a masculine sport. It's a mm-hmm. proof of masculinity. So it's like the man who's willing to be the most accountable is the most respected. You know, if you're going to stand up and fight and go to jail and deal with your own cases and you're not going to tell, you get respect. Mm-hmm. People think it's about, oh, you threw your life away or you committed a felony. That's the respect. No, if you no, are willing to be accountable for what that's happened, crazy. that's where you get your respect. Mm-hmm. It's all a it's all a machismo sport. You know what I'm saying? Proving who is a man. Just happen to be poor people. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It ain't really too many other things you could do. I don't think um, they expected to be a, to blow up the way that it did. I mean, like it's all over the United States, but I do see more. It's more bloods now, or it was more cool to be a 
blood then it was a phase where i think with little wayne yeah the was popping that that was a thing but now it's more crips a ton of crips oh. so it's oh all yeah the that's true no it's Houston, a big it's a thing ton of with, with okay. texas in texas it's a lot of crips i mean it's been a lot of crips since the 80s you know what i'm saying it's a lot of crips so but I, I don't have a proper count of, of Crips and Bloods across the country. I know I've been to different hoods across this country. I've been to different hoods around the world at this point. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, the, the Crip and Blood part don't really mean anything. It's really the community itself that comes together. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they may have Grape Streets in New Jersey, but they got different Grape Street sets. These guys are from this That's project. That's crazy. He just told These me These guys that from this street. Memphis, so, Memphis Grape. Th there's yeah. a Mexican I'll Grape Street and a uh, Black Grape Street, right? Yeah, the South. So, Watch Vadio Grape is the original gang over there. Mm -hmm. That's the Mexican. Yeah, Watch Vadio Grape. And a lot of the older black dudes, like, you know, Haunch, Grape, some of the more famous and popular names are were Watch Vadio Grapes. They got WVG tattoos because that was the gang. Mm -hmm. My gang is CV117 or 7th Street Watch, 117th Street Watch. My older homies is just like that, too. They from... A Compton Vadio, they Mexican. Ah, so some of my older homies is my black homies, and some of my older homies, Looney Rabbit, they are Mexican. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you know, at that time, you grew up with each other. So y'all's from the same gang. Y'all's from the same poverty and streets. Back to the Fat Joe part, right? Like you know, some of my homies talk like that. They grew up with them. They grew up with us. They raised me. So I, what I look like arguing with an attorney. That grew up in middle class about how me and my niggas came up thugging and starving together. Mm -hmm. It's a waste of time. I'm not going to argue with cuz about that. You got to be from the streets to even understand. Good looking out for tuning in to the No Sillers Podcast. Please do us a favor and subscribe, rate, comment, and share. This episode was recorded right here on the West Coast of the USA and produced by my homeboy, A-King for the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Yeah. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. 
You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Today. 